I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. My name is Jerry Craft. I'm the author and the illustrator of the graphic novels New Kid and Class Act. My name is Ann Winter, and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. Hi everyone, um, thank you Gary so much for having me on. This is a huge pleasure. My name is Andre Fenton. I'm a young adult author and poet, spoken word artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many. It's personal. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I'm super excited, and I know I always say this, but I'm super excited for my guest today. Not only because he is illustrator and author, but he's also in Canada right now. And I don't know if he to um, those who are living in Canada. So can you introduce yourself? Hey, my name is Derek Desierto, and I am a designer and illustrator for children's picture books. Awesome. Derek, and you are currently in Canada right now? Yeah, so I live in Vancouver, Canada. Okay, and what's the, I know the answer to this, but I always find it so funny, but I'm in the Philippines, and the weather is it's very, very hot right now. What's uh, the weather like in Vancouver right now? So, um, it's, you know, Vancouver gets to experience really uh, temperate weather um so compared to toronto where it's probably snowing if anything it's just like rainy especially for winter so mm -hmm. it is almost probably um like four degrees I, I don't know what the equivalent is for american um mm -hmm. or Fahrenheit mm -hmm. or whatever, but um mm -hmm. it's probably four degrees and then in this weekend it'll be very sunny so i'm really looking forward to that I love that. That's one of the things I love about Vancouver. I've only been once when I was uh, younger for sport, but I just, it, I, depending on where you, I don't want to say depending on where you are, but the areas that I um, spent the most time, um, it's just so beautiful. Um, I love like the campuses, like the university campuses were beautiful. Um, I enjoyed like just like the shopping and just like the scenery in general. Um, but I really enjoyed Vancouver a lot. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I went. To, I've been to school. Sorry, I went to school in um, Toronto, um, in a suburb of Toronto. So, having to having moved away for so long um, really made me grateful to come back and live in Vancouver because it is such a beautiful city where you're mm -hmm. situated in. You know, the middle of a mountain range, and at the same time, you have the Pacific Ocean right there. So, it's very. Um, um, rare i think to live in such a beautiful city where you kind of have everything i guess the um, only things that are lacking are like swimmable like um <laughs> beaches like in the philippines but yeah yeah philippines is so different um but i yeah i truly love the philippines we've only been here for three years we're moving next year but we love the people we love the culture we love the environment um and obviously the food is amazing as well so yeah it's, it's just it's a good salad but it could be great <laughs> that's so true okay. <laughs> that is uh, a good loss there but uh, 
<laughs> That's so true. And you mentioned before we came on that you, um, I want to say you, you said you moved when you were eight years old. Is that correct? Yeah. So I was born in Quezon City, and then I moved when I was eight with my family um, to northern BC, which is actually very close to Alaska, and. And I've only been back a handful of times, but the last time I was back was in 2020, right before COVID hit. So I was really lucky to go back. And it was quite a culture shock. I haven't, I don't think, I think before then I was back, like when I was in high school. So it was a really long time since I was last there. And, um, you know, at, at one time, at, at one, on one hand, it feels like a homecoming. And the other hand, it feels like you're going to like a foreign place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was fantastic. I'd love to visit again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your um, transition like? Do you remember your transition as an eight-year-old, like moving? Uh, you know, in my head, I kind of just felt like, oh, I'm going to like the land of Archie, like a <laughs> lot. And so I remember, oh, I'll get to have soda for the first time, <laughs> even if you had like pop in the Philippines. It's like in my head, it's like a bit of soda. Um, uh-huh. So things like that. I just remember reading about things or watching things on TV and then thinking, oh, wait, I get to experience it finally. Like, I remember reading about jelly beans and I was like, I don't get jelly beans. And then I finally got to have it when I was in Canada. I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And then what about like schooling um, in regards to like the transition for you going from school in the Philippines to yeah. school in Canada? What were some of the big differences there? I just remember school in, I think from the, for the most part, all my friends that went to school in Asia, school is so much harder there. I remember mm-hmm. very early, even as an eight-year-old or like going to Kinner or grade one or whatever, it's like you go wake up early to go to school, but then you're at school for very long hours. Like it's not just, I think here people go home at 12 by the time, like for some for early grades, but there it's like a full day. And even with the reading, like textbooks were, I remember having to, you know, like a small carry-on luggage for kids. Mm-hmm. I remember having that for books at eight. Um, so I, I think in regards to school, I, I just remember it felt easier here. I did also go to a school where we had to speak English um, in the Philippines. So the, the language thing wasn't, uh, to me that big a deal but my sister did remind me recently she said you used to say that you would get Tagalog and English mixed up when you're talking to your new friends so they're like what are you saying and I'm like I don't know if you don't get what I'm saying um I don't remember that memory but but yeah to me it felt I, I didn't feel I was more excited about the idea of going to school or living in Canada and um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it's interesting because I think as a teacher who's taught kids literally in that like age range like eight nine seven oftentimes without even knowing they are so flexible and Mm -hmm. the idea of knowing about something being a new experience is a new experience it almost overrides all the the scary things sometimes right um so i can only imagine that feeling i feel like you don't really know what to be scared of I also generally I'm not I'm somebody that gets along uh very well with people and, and I'm easy to get along with and I'm easy to talk to so it was never hard for me to make new friends so I think that has helped me a lot in my life mm-hmm. um so yeah to me it was just an exciting adventure you know and yeah. I think, kind of thing. 
That's cool. That's cool. I wanted to ask you more about like just your, I guess, creative journey, um, because knowing you as an illustrator, um, someone who understands fashion, who has done a lot of work in fashion and now animation, like you are a creator, like through and through, like that's exactly what you, what you are. So I want to talk about like a creative process um, and how do you, how do you get inspired about a piece, whether it's an illustration or an animated um, film or a fashion piece? Like, how do you get inspired? Um, uh, how do I get inspired? I think for me, it's like, I kind of just go back to the things that I've always loved. So whether it's like an era um, in, in fashion or where it's an art era uh, or, or music genre um, or our kind of literature that I always enjoy, um time period I kind of just go back to the things that I love but also I it's you know it's hard to say what always inspires you like I could just walk and see something and feel like oh my goodness what is that and be super curious about it and interested mm -hmm. um and so that kind of that also happens too I think for me I'm always it's like my antenna is always up in regards to inspiration so uh I'll take it from anywhere you know whether it's like a, like today I just um, I opened a new box of cereal. It was Cheerios, and then they have toys in there now. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And so <laughs> you can find something like that inspiring at the same time. Um, you know, we'll go to a museum and find find art interesting as well. Like I'll take mm -hmm. I'll take it anywhere. I'll take it anywhere yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's such a like a creator's answer. It's like you're constantly seeing things in a different way, and I love hearing that because that's what we often try to talk to kids about in the classroom. Like you can find inspiration in anything um, when it comes to just specifically just storytelling in general like you can look at something that we see with the naked eye is very dull or simple but when you turn it into a piece of writing or a piece of art or literature or music or whatever the case may be you can really transform whatever the naked eye thinks that object or thing could be so I can I hear all of that in your voice and it makes me very excited to hear that um, because those are the messages that we want to tell to tell kids as well. I think what's also exciting as somebody, you know, for whoever, whoever out there that thinks of themselves or as an artist or, or a creative person, it's like you can look at everyone could look at the exact same thing and then take something different out of it you know so i always you know people say oh but it's been done but yeah but you didn't do it so i love thinking about that all the time because um you know no one has ever seen it through your filter right and so i and that to me as i get older i kind of realize Oh, so the game is only against yourself. It's like there's no, you're not against anybody that like, oh, but I have to do better than them or it has to look better than them. It that's like not irrelevant. It's really about you and your art. And in your eyes, you feel like you're getting better or you're 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 um continuing to love kind of what you create. I think for me that's really ultimately what it's about. Wow. Derek, that is that I love hearing that from you because as a new writer who hasn't published anything yet, but it's coming, obviously, but that is so good to hear because oftentimes, not just myself, but other authors, creators, kids will often compare or um, 
think about the things that they can't control. Like I can't control what you do. I can't control what other authors do or illustrators do. How it's perceived or how people- 100%, 100%. I guess my question for you is how, how did that mindset happen for you? Is that something that you kind of have been taught through family, your experiences? Like how did you get there to that point? To the point where it's just for me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, um, uh, you know, the experience of having my first book published so early in my career and then having it be a success was um, kind of gave me the insight that I didn't expect where I realized it's like, oh, okay, that hasn't changed much in your life of you getting a bestseller, um, a bestseller like you're you're still the same person you know I think I think that was one of the things I realized is like oh, okay people I, I can feel people look at me differently especially in my industry where it's like oh okay yeah we'd love to work with Derek because you know he had that bestseller but in my head it's like I was the same guy in college mm-hmm. you know I had the same um inspirations and interests and I'm sure my skill has gotten better, but I feel like I was always the same guy. Um, and after after achieving that, I, I realized, oh, it's the, the real award or the real accomplishment is getting to do this all the time as much as I want, like as long as I want to do it. I feel like that is the real um, gift that any of this is, it's like, you're able to do the work that you want to do. You can get paid for it and you can do it for as long as you want. You know, mm-hmm. I think now I'm, I'm in a position where I could, um, I'm given this kind of work and, and to me, it's like, it's just, I'm, I'm in the, now I just enjoy the process of doing it rather than feeling like it needs to accomplish a certain thing, you know, or need to achieve a certain thing. Um, now I'm just enjoying it for what it is, period, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great feeling to have because then it allows me to let go of that anxiety where it needs to perform a certain way. So that's mm-hmm. like not my business anymore. To me, it's like I'm, I'm trying to stay in the present and, and kind of give it all I can, give it all I got to, to, to one, satisfy myself as mm-hmm. a person, as an artist, like, to me, this looks really good. And I, I know I did the best that I can. I figure mm-hmm. I'm happy to go to the publisher at that time, but that's my only goal at this point. You know? Mm-hmm. I love I love that you say that you like to sit in the process and just like enjoy the process. That's what it is. It's like mm-hmm. the whole it's writing, it's the creating the book. That's the fun part. I think we didn't get we didn't get into it thinking like, well, I wanna be this successful you know jk rowling didn't go there saying i want to be a bestseller it's like she wanted to write a book because that was that that was in her to write mm-hmm. and i think the same way can be said for anybody that's creative it's like that's if there's a work that's inside you that's waiting to come out you're just like the vessel for that work to come through you know what i mean mm-hmm. so to me, i always think of it that way for any opportunity it's like um it's like I'm a vessel for that offer for that work to come through me. And so mm-hmm. the best way I can serve it is to be really centered and like present. I know this sounds kind of very um 
it's kind of trying to sound more spiritual, but I do see my work to be a spiritual kind of thing because I am connected to something that I can't explain. It literally just like flows through, through me. Mm-hmm. And I honor that. I honor that by being present with the work all the time. I love that. I love that. And I think hearing that again just reminds me as a teacher to, to explore these ideas with kids of how they can get to that place because as a kid you are often comparing just because it's right in front of you and kids often I don't want to say they struggle but the, the process is new to them like the steps are new to them they see the shiny prize at the end whether that's a piece of writing or a completed video or whatever the case may be how do we encourage kids to enjoy the process and I think what you're saying is a great example of that um, because it's so powerful when you when you're in the work and enjoying the process like the results are always 10 times better like Absolutely. always 10 times better <laughs> right so I, I love I love hearing that Derek I wonder because of your creative mind and the things that you do um, in regards to, to illustrations and animations etc is that something that your family was supportive of? Um, because, you know, we've all heard the idea of like the struggling artist and it's just so hard to break through, et cetera. Was it something that your family was supportive of in the beginning? Um, well, for my, I come from um, a family, not, not both my parents were artists, but my dad definitely was more artistic. He went to um, art school. He though became an architect um but he's always been artistic he plays music and he draws and and so on so I think they understood my desire or actually no I would say they saw my talent for art and they've always um supported and cultivated it um so I think when they initially though I, I did say I did go to fashion school first and for that they were like why would you go to fashion school what are you gonna do so to them it was very bizarre Though they let me do it, so I went to fashion school. Um, I did drop out because I couldn't sew, but I think that always, that led me to to illustration and animation. What I excelled at in fashion school was the illustration, and so um, and that has led me now into to my career. So and even though I dropped out of fashion school, it's like that design um, mentality has continued in my in my work. Um, so yeah, apart from there, initially them feeling like, whoa, why would you go there? I think they have been, they've been very supportive. And now I think they're always very excited for, for my work. I think they're very happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, being an immigrant, coming from an immigrant family, I think they just want you to do well. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, when I, I got to take them to a book uh, launch in New York, and I think to them, it was just, they were kind of in disbelief to see my name in Barnes and Noble and like the biggest Barnes and Noble in New York and like this huge poster and then people, like hundreds of people came out and then they saw, I think, you know, for them, it's a dream realized. So mm-hmm. very, I think they're very happy now. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so too. That's such a cool story. Um, Derek, I have just a few more questions for you. And I think because illustrations and drawing has been such a huge part of your life we watched your dad obviously go through it as well if um 
not illustrations, then what? Like if let's say you weren't illustrating, you weren't drawing, like what would you, if you could pick anything, what would it have been if, it, if, if you were not able to do the drawing or the illustration? Um, I actually just had answered this question because I did that reading, that virtual reading, and a, a child asked me, what would you do if you're not an illustrator? And I, the answer I said was that in high school, I was a peer counselor. And I think I would be a counselor or like a therapist. Um, I, I enjoy, I find it very fulfilling to help people through problems, through issues, or even, or just listen to them, have them talk through um, what they're going through. I find that very fulfilling. Um, and so I probably would do that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I can tell just, this is my first time speaking with you, but I can see that in your responses to the questions that, that we've had. You make an awesome counselor. An no. awesome counselor. <laughs> Let's say, would you, do, would, would you want to do it like counseling for like adults or for kids or for like, where, where do you see like age range wise? Um, would I do counseling? I mean, I guess, I guess anybody that, I feel like it, it to me, it, it, it would make more sense for adults because I feel like um, I can, yeah, I think mean, I'm not sure if I could talk the same. I, I'm not trained to talk to children the same way, but that'll be mm -hmm. perfect. I think I can see myself doing that. I actually recently, last year, I, during COVID, I had the opportunity to work with a life coach for the first time. Cool. And I um, really loved that experience because I've never uh, talked to a therapist before. Life coach is kind of similar where you kind of talk about things that you're going through. and. I feel like it gave me such clarity and I could also, I thought to myself, like, I think that would be such a cool job to do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would do something like that. But I also think like you could do that in any work that you do. You don't have to have that kind of title, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, talking with you, like through this kind of, through this podcast, I feel like whoever's listening to it can get whatever they want from the things that we're talking about, right? So, 100%, 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think that, conversation can be a type of like you said like it can be a type of therapy as well mm -hmm. like it can yeah. allow people to, to your feel work, good your work can be a hundred percent yeah hundred percent and i think that's i i truly believe that when your work is part of your like therapy it it truly changes your whole thought process on um who you are as a person and how you kind of move through the world when when a lot of the chunk of that time that you, for most people, is at work, right? And if you, if your work is therapy, like that is going to hopefully lift you even more to be a better person and grow, et cetera. Um, so I love how you, how you frame that because I think it's so true. I do. I think it's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one more question for you. And I always, I don't always ask this, but I think it's important. Maybe selfishly for me, <laughs> because as a new writer, I'm not going through this right now, but I just think. Sometimes these things pop up. Um, what do you do? I guess, do you believe in, I guess, creative blocks or writer's block? And if so, what are some of the things that you do to not necessarily get out of it, um, but to feel okay with those moments where you are, um, you know, just not feeling it today um, or having a hard time kind of articulating what you want on the paper? Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, especially after going through COVID and um, 
not feeling inspired really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go through that a lot in the past two years in the middle of having to produce work, which mm-hmm. is even harder. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, in the moments where if you have the luxury of time, uh, I found that sitting with, with the not, wa- this not wanting to create is okay. So one, it's like, for me, I accept that feeling now instead of trying to force myself out of it. Um, this is, uh, let me just say, if, if I'm in a job, I have no choice but to push through it. So sometimes I just push through it. Other times, if I have the luxury of time, I will sit with it. And so if I don't feel like it, it's like, okay, then what do you want to do today? So, you know, I kind of ask myself. And in the other ways, I feel like I entice that kind of inspiration to come back or, or to help dissolve the blockage. I feel like I go back to the things that always inspired me. So whether it's like a certain film that I love or a book that I love to read or art that I love to look at, um, I'll go back to all those things that will remind me of like, oh, right, I like that. And, you know, you as a creative person, it's like your brain automatically connects dots, right? So you'll read something that you wrote and you're like, oh no, I could write it better. And so you'll automatically just start doing it, but you first have to be in the flow of it first. So if I'm in a block, I'll put myself in a certain flow where it's like, okay, you know, things that inspire me, I'll go back to that. That'll put me in the flow. Then I'll look back at the work and it's like, oh, well, I already know what's wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that. I do that all the time. Um, and sometimes I feel like the break is nice for the work because then you, you see it differently the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I love how you said, sorry? Are you feeling a block? No, I don't think I feel it. But right now I don't. But I have felt that in those moments. And I love that the consistency across many of the authors and illustrators and creators that I've talked to is exactly what you said in regards to just like accepting it and realizing it, seeing it, feeling it, et cetera. if you have that luxury, because like you said, when you are tied to a company or a publishing house or whatever the case may be, sometimes those things have deadlines um, and they cause you to to push through, et cetera. I say though that um, I I watched this uh, I I watched this TED talk by Elizabeth Philbert, who is the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and she was writing about her experience after writing Eat, Pray, Love, where people are expecting. another huge bestseller from her and then she's like well I don't think it did me right or not that I don't think it did me but like it's hard to live up to those expectations and one of the things she said was talking about the idea of a muse where you know or muse versus genius where people that are thought to be as genius like you think it's all in you that you have to create the stuff versus the idea of a muse where it's like it's actually outside of you where you tap into a muse to inspire you and so it actually puts the pressure off you to produce. You're waiting to be inspired. And so I, I think of that, I always think about that when I'm trying to create something where I think like, okay, I have to find my muse. I have to go back to the work that always excites me to, to be in that flow. And instead of thinking like, well, what, I need to make it happen. So to me, it's like, I'm not, I don't find myself creative when I'm in such a tense um 
uh, feeling. So I have to be really in the flow of everything. And so, you know, part of it is a mix of that. I don't give, I don't put myself the pressure of like, it's up to you to figure it out. It's more like get inspired to be in that zone to connect mm -hmm. the thoughts together, you know, which mm -hmm. makes it easier for me to. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree with you. Derek, I want to thank you so much for hanging out today. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Derek Desierto, which is my Instagram, and that's my website as well, DerekDesierto.com. Awesome. And if it's okay to ask, are there things that we can look forward to? Uh, what are some of the publications that you have out right now? Um, well, I just, my most recent book that was released a couple weeks ago is called Colors of Awesome. Um, which is the next, the third book for our board book series for Juno Valentine. And then uh, I'm working on the newest book um, for HarperCollins called, it's an untitled book, but it's a book about the life of Jimmy Choo, the shoe designer. So awesome. That is yeah. so awesome. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for hanging out. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. What I'll do, Derek, is...